0: is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Cross to Bouchard. One-timer.
1: Oh, he just blasted it wide. Here's centered in front. Hyman on that. Saved by Comrie, and he covers it up. Zach Hyman right on the doorstep. But Eric Comrie got the left pad on it and then covers it up. 28 seconds left. That was the Oilers'
2: last best chance to get something out of this hockey game. 30 seconds left, down by one. Zach Hyman, stick right in the crease, inches from the goal line. And Eric Comrie, who made several outstanding saves tonight, makes another one and preserves a victory for Buffalo. They got an empty netter after that to make 4-2 the final. Eric Comrie in a battle of edmonton born goaltenders against Stuart Skidder of the Oilers makes a career-high 46 saves as the Sabres are outshot 48-24. In the third period, the Oilers outshot Buffalo 23-5, but the Oilers leave the rink empty-handed as Buffalo gets the victory. Rob the goaltending, often the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen a couple pretty good performances by the Oilers in, in their first two games, but this was just Comrie spectacular, and, and he looked good all night. I mean, the Oilers had 15 shots in the first, and a lot of good chances. He, I mean, he was—he's the story of the game, flat out.
3: He, he was there over the course of a season. There's going to be games you win that you don't deserve. And there's going to be games that you deserve a better fate. And the others certainly deserve a better fate on this, on this night. Uh, they played well. They had a number of good chances. And, and the chances they were getting were, were the Hymans, the Canes, the McDavids, the Dreisels. It's their best players with great, great looks. And Comrie was just better. And some it was like at the beginning of the season. I watched a Blue Jay game where Vladdy Guerrero hit I don't know it was two or three home runs off the ca- the pitcher for the Yankees. And after the third home run, the pitcher looked at him and tipped his cap. And they asked him about it afterwards, and he said, "Sometimes you just have to tip your cap to the opposition." And that's what I think tonight. You just got to tip your cap, cap to Comrie because he was that good. He's the reason the Buffalo Sabres got two points. Uh, and, I mean, it was a wonderful effort for him and, and a tough night for the Edmonton Oilers that probably deserved a better fate.
2: Well, and we'll talk about some of the, the plays that led to Buffalo having the lead in this game because, unfortunately, once again, the Oilers were b- behind most of the night, but I really start starting about maybe halfway through the second period, maybe a little bit before that, because Hyman had a breakaway with about 12 minutes left in the second. The Oilers had the puck a lot, but they weren't always getting great chances because Buffalo was defending with a lot of energy and passion. You know, blocking shots, sticks mm-hmm. in lanes, disrupting passes. They were saying, okay, you're to come through five of us, either with your, your body or with the puck to get to the net. The third period was not like that. No. I mean, the puck was... Uh, around the buffalo net a lot it was in the blue paint several times uh no granted buffalo you know sure they got desperate there but they they weren't they didn't do as good job in the third period for keeping the oilers
3: out of the scoring
2: area they just the oilers just couldn't
3: finish well when the third period got going the buffalo sabers weren't trying to win anymore they were hoping to win and they were watching the clock and just hoping that they could hang on and the oilers threw everything at them and as you said all the the plays were within 15 feet of the net and it wasn't a one and done. It was a two and a three and a four and they were the others were jumping on rebounds and keeping plays alive and then when Buffalo finally got the puck to the top of the circle and were trying to get it out, the Oilers got back and lifted a stick or got a body in the way and then they kept on going. Uh, it, it, was, it was a great effort for the Edmonton Oilers. Unfortunately, they were chasing a hockey game but the other night when the calgary flames had the lead in the third period a one goal lead the calgary flames shut it down the Oilers had no other opportunities tonight was the exact opposite all right here's head coach jay woodcroft
4: but in the first and the third period um you know we there's a lot of good in those periods and uh in the second period we made a couple mistakes that ended up in the back of our net and we we weren't able to outscore those those mistakes um but Uh, And certainly through periods one and period three, we like what we saw
5: turnovers at the offensive blue line uh, you know, it's something you've talked about before but Where do those come from? How do you get rid of them?
4: Yeah puck? It's just coming down into understanding um, you know that good puck management leads to time in zone and uh, you know the mistakes that were made at our blue line, on one we missed the net, on on another one, um, you know, we're, we're four in the rush, we're trying to make a play off the rush and attack, they have a couple guys lingering in behind. You know, we'd like to see that that we don't have people in behind us if if we can. Uh, Committing forward to the rush, that's, you know, we're not going to take the stick out of our players' hands. It didn't go our way, but, you know, we would have liked to have had somebody in behind uh, just making sure that uh, we didn't give up the freebie of the breakaway.
2: Jay, it's only uh, three games, but you are one and two, obviously. What's kind of the level of concern? How would you kind of characterize where your team?
4: Well, I don't think it's ideal to be one and two. Um, I thought there was good signs in our team play today. Um, As I said, you know, we we played... um, uh, very good in the first period team, have a team heavily we were we were at one one to one at at the end of that period and then in the third period I thought we pushed hard um, but I don't think we've played a full sixty minutes yet in in those first three games so while there's positive signs uh, there's still a lot of stuff that we have to clean up
2: not a lot of le- like just a few minutes at the end of that Vancouver game where you've actually led uh, in a hockey game
1: um, how does that change I guess for for you guys I mean a lot of it is maybe not getting that first goal but is there a way to kind of uh kind of correct that course here uh, for you
2: guys in the next
4: well yeah we're trying to uh we're trying to correct that course I think um you know we gave up a goal off of lost face off of four on three uh penalty kill and that meant we didn't lead the period but we did a lot of really good things in that period liked was our players response after that goal there was no let down we just got right back on the horse so uh, that was our best first period of uh, of this young season so far Um, again I would go back to the the start of the second period Um, mistakes that were made and mistakes that were on our tape and and um that are uncharacteristic of us but um you know it proved that we couldn't outscore those mistakes no matter how many shots we poured on their goaltender
0: and any uh any update on on dylan holloway no,
4: no update yet i haven't sit and sat and talked with the doctor
5: jay connor said maybe a little bit of missed opportunities for the guys put a lot of shots you give the other goalie credit as a coach, you know, your fours are creating lots at five on five. They're just not finishing. Do you find, is that just eventually it'll come and you like the f- the, f- the amount of really quality chances or are they just, how do you fine tune so those chances become goals?
4: Yeah, I think what you put an emphasis on is making sure that you're sharp and ready when it is. Turn for your chance i think that comes um through earned confidence um you know just start some practice and and bearing down on your chances and uh, we know that if we keep pouring that amount of um, shots on net if we keep getting those grade a chances uh, you know we have confidence that it will turn for us um but you know as we said at the start of the year we're not we feel we're gonna score enough it's uh, it's it's eliminating some of those errors that led to goals against that I think are within our control
5: I know you said you liked some of what you saw in the first period but in the third I mean you were almost at another level there
4: yeah
5: I don't know if it's too simple to ask but it you know how do you get them to capture that desperation and maybe bring that a little bit earlier. Is it, is it possible to do that? How do you well, get it out of them?
4: I, I thought our first period was really, really good. I mean, we had numerous scoring chances. Uh, even the first few shifts of the game, I thought we were pretty simple and direct and straightforward. Um, it's not always going to go your way. Sometimes the other team gets a a call and then a, and then a faceoff win on a four on three. We don't draw it up that way that's how it started um but i thought our guys still played a pretty good first period Uh, as i said they responded well the urgency and desperation that you saw in the third that that's a credit to our players push um where i'm putting our focus is is as i said um eliminating some of those freebies that that I think cost us this game tonight Um, things that can be cleaned up and uh, but as I said that's probably uh, 40 of our best minutes on this young season but I don't think we've played a full 60 minutes yet
5: how hard is it for you guys to play the way you want to when you're chasing games and down in games constantly yeah
4: I don't think it's ideal I think we uh, we got into a little bit more of a rhythm tonight Um, but you know we were one-to-one through 20 minutes um and then you know that three minute span in the second period there um you know where some events happened and and we found ourselves down three one that's not ideal it's not how we draw it up and uh that's those are the things that we're looking to eliminate is those those uh mistakes with the puck that we think are within our control good thanks guys
2: All right, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 4-2 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Eric Comrie, the story tonight, he makes 46 saves. Oilers outshot the Sabres 48-24, including 23-5 in the uh, third period. All right, so uh, a few things to talk about. First of all, Dylan Holloway, hopefully he's okay, left the game, took a massive hit from uh, Yokoharu in the second period. No, it wasn't. L- Labushkin, it, Labushkin Keep
3: getting those names. And actually, both players didn't finish the game. Labushkin didn't finish it, it either. Uh, I don't know if he was hurt on the play as well, but that was a huge hit. Uh, not a great play by Fogle, throwing the, boards up, or throwing the puck up the boards. Uh, and then Holloway, he's got to look. He's got to find out where the player is behind him. He's got to have his head on a swivel. He didn't, and he paid a price. Hopefully it's just uh, precautionary keeping him out, but that's as big a hit as you see in the NHL nowadays. Yeah, and,
2: and talking about trailing, I'm just, uh, we don't have to round off here because I was trying to do the math while Woodcroft was talking and adding up seconds. and Is that and, and, why you had, had your been socks been off and were counting your toes well, that there? didn't help. <laughs> uh, the Oilers have played three games. That's 180 minutes of hockey. They've had the lead for four minutes and 59 seconds. They've been tied for just over 40 minutes so that means they've been trailing for uh, about
3: 134 minutes
2: about well, 180.
3: that usually you don't have a winning record if if that's the case uh i mean in games one and two of the season the others were not good early in the hockey game and that's why they were behind uh tonight it was a just a matter of Comrie uh keeping the oilers pucks out of the net the Oilers came out they did have a good first period tonight but a couple other mistakes in this hockey game cost them and had the Oilers trying to come from behind. The Oilers have the ability, but here's what we've seen over the course of the last couple of years, and especially in the last two games, you could do everything possible to try and tie up a hockey game that you're trailing in, but sometimes you fall behind just too much behind, and that's what happened again tonight. The Oilers fell behind. They needed to to score two. They were only able to score one, so uh, it would be nice to see the Oilers play with a lead to see if they're able to extend the lead, but so far we haven't seen that this year.
2: Yeah, just basically five minutes in three games is all the time they've had the lead, so they are one and two. Uh, Jay Woodcroft was asked about the record he said well you'd prefer not to be one and two I, I don't think there's uh, cause for concern uh, I mean you don't want to go one and five or two and four on this homestand with a chance though to bank some points and some good teams are coming in well you know, Carolina uh, St. Louis Pittsburgh are this coming. is
3: a six-game homestand they've already played the two weakest teams on the homestand Vancouver and Buffalo would be your two weakest of these six teams uh, they're playing against, you know, St. Louis is a, has been a powerhouse for a number of years. Carolina, many have them going to the Stanley Cup Finals. And the Penguins, I mean, they, they've got a healthy team now. They've come in with Crosby, with milk, and uh, this, that is a good hockey club. So the Oilers have got to be better than they have been. Through the first three games, uh, but they can feel good about themselves they, if they go out against Carolina and beat a good team. There are things they need to clean up, and it's and they're they're minor things. And one of the and we'll probably talk about it tonight. But the goal that dry tried going backhand cross ice. I don't I'm, I don't mind sidle doing that. He's the best backhand in the National Hockey League. The best pass from the National Hockey League. He missed it. The problem on that one and Woodcroft touched on it. You can't let guys get behind you. So Tyson Berry's the fifth guy. So he's the safety. So the safety always has to be back. Be back in the the neutral zone. Do not let someone get in behind you. And if he doesn't, it's a one-on-one. And those are the mental mistakes that have cost you all this because it turned out to be a big mental mistake that became a breakaway and a backbreaker.
2: Yeah, I, I I liked how Woodcraft described that and and you broke it down just now and after the second period as well. And Nima Linan had joined the rush and is going to the net and uh, I thought Woodcroft put it well, you, you got four guys in the rush, you don't want to take the sticks out of their hands. You mm-hmm. you want to say to players if there's a chance to make a play, you gotta make the play. I mean, I know it's a two way game, but offense is one of the two ways. Yeah. So sometimes if the opportunity's there, you should think offense. But yeah, and they and they showed the replay here in Studio ninety nine and I really noticed what you said about Barry he's not that far behind yamamoto no and, and it could have been a 2 on 0 with a better yes. bounce for buffalo yeah so I, I mean if barry just says i'm just going to stand on my own blue line and, and those Perfect. four guys can attack well at worst it's a two-on-one
3: well we talk about it all the time getting odd man breaks the others had a four on three so they're obviously going to take that chance they're going in there uh if they execute better they get a great scoring chance it was a bad pass which happens but that's why you have a safety valve. You have someone back there that's going to clean up in case something doesn't go right. And Barry got caught watching the puck and it happens. But it's a veteran player that it knows he can't do that. And it became a very important part of the hockey game. that was that uh, safety net that the uh, the Buffalo Sabres needed. And it was the one that's the difference in the hockey game.
2: All right, so the Sabres take it 4-2. It was a better first period for the Oilers. They were tied 1-1 after 1, out shooting Buffalo 15-6. We have a $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card for Douglas. He took the under on set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at one and a half Goals against for the Oilers in the first period. They only uh, allowed the one, so Douglas gets the win. But having said that, they did allow a goal in the first minute of the (laughs) second period for the uh, second time. And, and here's another crazy stat. Now, I'll be the first to admit, at the beginning of the season, things stand out more. Yep. Because you don't have any reference point from last season. But in the first 21 minutes of games this season, the Oilers have been outscored 9-2. <laughs> So that's, which, that, that doesn't bode well.
3: No, it doesn't, which is scary for, with, when you look at the offensive power that the Edmonton Oilers have. That would be a, a stat that you would think would be going the other way. Well, the Oilers have got... I mean, they're starting with McDavid and Drysdale. So they're going to be able to overwhelm teams, but they haven't been able to do that yet. Two games because they weren't good in the first 20 minutes or 21 minutes, and one game where the opposition's goaltender was excellent.
2: All right. Uh, and then the, that goal in the first minute of the second period, Tage Thompson had 38 last oh. season. So break down that goal for me because dry kind of got some back pressure and nurse then kind of goes for the poke check and then thompson really went to work
3: yeah well thompson's a big strong man and he's got huge reach i think he's six six i think is what we looked at earlier uh and he's got talent he's a skilled six foot six player dry settle's doing everything right it's the oilers actually have numbers it's a two against three cc takes his man Thompson comes down on Nurse, so Dry Settle just bothering, just pestering, pestering, and then Nurse went for the stick check. And as soon as he missed, Thompson used his size and his, his length to go around Nurse, and then it was just Nurse got in the way of Dry Settle, so Dry Settle couldn't get through it. And the one little thing, it's a subtle thing too, uh, Cody Cece got boxed out by the other Buffalo Sabres player, so when Thompson was coming across the goaltender Skinner the first player he was going to see was his teammate who was the Buffalo Sabre CeCe was on the other side so CeCe's on the inside as Thompson comes across he's able to get to Thompson either get a stick on puck or get his body on him but he got boxed out so it was an incredible goal and two nice plays by the two Buffalo Sabres Uh, Darnell Nurse got beat he got beat by a good play and then Skinner got beat by a beautiful move.
2: All right, so the Sabres win at 4-2. Let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
5: You're down a couple of goals. It's sort of hard to settle into the game you want to play when you're constantly behind.
6: Yeah, I I mean, we talked about it after last game too, and we don't want to... I wouldn't say we spotted this team... uh, goals like we did the first couple games, but at the same time, we find ourselves down too. And like you said, we're chasing it. So um, I mean, I talked about it after last game. I mean, we're comfortable in that position, but we can't keep doing that to ourselves. So um, there's just a couple little plays here and there. And uh, we knew that they're a team, young team, with lots of skill that's going to take advantage and capitalize when you give them the chance.
5: Your third period, I mean, the number of opportunities you had, the number of shots you had, there was this desperation. The whole thing was down in their end. Is it too simple to just ask the question, like where is that in the first
6: period, or why, why can't you guys access that sooner? Well, I, I, I honestly thought that we had some of that in the first and second period, but definitely a little bit more, a little more, more desperation, like you said, in the third. But we are getting to the getting to the net. He was making some good saves. Uh, I mean, he was strong, um, strong down low tonight. I mean, uh, you can give credit to him, but at the same time, we want to be able to put some of those in and. Um, we find one in the second, uh, the whole game changes.
5: And you guys are working really hard for every goal you get, it
6: seems like, uh, and the other team, you're kind of giving some not easy goals, but goals they don't have to really work as hard for, right? Right. Is that the difference? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think the first two games for sure. Tonight, um, second period, like I said, just a couple breakdowns and. Uh, and, and teams are, I mean, there's a lot of good players in this league that'll take advantage, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's not a lack of trying at, at all. Uh, we're getting around the net. Uh, we put a lot of pucks on uh, tonight, and I thought our start was better. Um, then a little bit of a lull in the second, and uh, they took advantage, and we couldn't claw our way back in. The three games, I think, we played for, like, just less <laughs> than five minutes. Um, I
5: don't know what to say about that.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not the way that we want to play it's not a fun way to play Uh, we gotta find a way to get a lead and and hold on to it Uh, I think we're a tough team to to come back on uh, when we're firing from all cylinders but um, yeah I mean we need to find that Um, I thought at times tonight we took a A better step but then uh, little things happen and uh, like I said good young good young team over there kind of capitalize when you give them the chance is it concern or frustration how
7: would you characterize the the
6: Uh, I mean there's definitely no panic or anything it's three games in Uh, we've had our chances to win all three haven't got the job done in two of them Um, we still have three games left on this home stand we need to take a big step
8: here
2: Alright, that is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins who is today's fourth star presented by Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Nugent gets his first goal of the season late in the third as the Oilers were pushing away to try to tie it but Buffalo wins at 4-2. The three stars tonight, no doubt about it, first star goaltender Eric Comrie from Buffalo. Sabres defenseman Rasmus Dallin is the second star and with his second goal of the season, Darnell Nurse is the third star tonight. And Rob, a lot of you know, young players, players with potential on the Sabers. We talked about Thompson. Well, maybe he's not potential. Maybe he's. You know, with <laughs> I think 30, he's there now. Yeah. Season, he's he's kind of a, a early part of, of, of being there. Uh, you know, Paterka relatively new to the NHL. He got a breakaway goal tonight, and I'm curious what you thought of the two guys on the back end. Like I was just saying, Dollins the the second start, and Owen Power. He made a great power move to the net mm-hmm. uh, four minutes uh, into the game. What do you think of those two guys?
3: Well, first of all, Darlene is he's a star in this league. Uh, he plays with such composer, composure. He's smooth. He moves the puck well. And he's one of those guys that when he's on the ice, he just settles everything down. And when as Buffalo gets better and some of these younger players start to mature, Darlene's going to take over games cuz he's not going to have to worry about mistakes as much from his, his teammates. He's not going to have to spend as much time in his own zone defending. Uh, he, he is very very good. Power is going to be a, a great player in this league. I, I mean, he's got the skill of a small player in a 6 foot 6 frame. Like he's a big man, makes smart plays, makes smart decisions. There's a play, the Oilers, excuse me, the Sabres were on a power play in the third late and there was a 50-50 puck it may be a 60-40 puck, 64, 60% chance that Power could keep the puck in at the blue line, but he backed off said, you know what, I'll take the two-on-two shorthanded instead of risking the opportunity of the puck getting past me in a two-on-one with a two-goal lead. So that's a smart play by a young player. Uh, th- th- I mean, three of their other defensemen are all 24. Around. they got a young team, uh, but a skilled team, and a team that's fun to watch because they're so skilled, they're so fast, they're so creative, there's going to be mistakes. But they're building it the right way. And tonight they got fantastic goaltending. And with good goaltending, they're capable of beating teams that are better than them. In a year or two, they're going to be the team that is winning because they're going to be better than the opposition.
2: I got to hand it to our buddy Bob Stoffer. He had the line of the night partway through the third period calling Eric Comrie a brick wall for the
3: (laughs) buffalo Sabers. well somebody just came up to me and said hey why didn't he stay in furniture why do you have to become a goaltender (laughs) uh yeah he he was good tonight and uh, sometimes you just got to applaud the opposition because it wasn't and i was just talking to some buddies here it wasn't as though it was perimeter third fourth line shots on him it was oilers best players that bombarded Comrie, especially in the third period from 10 feet out. There probably was, and we'd have to go back and watch the replay, six or seven times that the Oilers had three or four whacks in the blue paint where they were there for five, six seconds. And he kept everything out. He made some huge saves. Um, You could see the excitement when the final buzzer went and they, they panned down to comry he was pretty pumped about the the effort that he had tonight uh so that's a confidence builder for a young hockey club to come into edmonton play against their stars and with withstand uh, the barrage that edmonton threw at them so look for buffalo to to gain some confidence coming out of this game
2: yeah uh i mean we've been talking about him for so long first ever appearance though for the oilers i mean he's 27 now and he's kind of always been, you know, he's bounced around a little bit, and, and we've seen him in preseason games. So that was actually his first uh, appearance ever against the Oilers in the regular season. Bouchard, six shots on goal. Hyman, four. Barry, five. Nurse, seven. sidle four. Kane, five. Nugent Hopkins, seven. McDavid, four. Well, and uh, he's only beaten by Nurse and
3: Nugent Hopkins. The one thing, to, uh, Bouchard, uh, you said he had six shots? he should have had 10 i mean there there was twice where he walked right down he could not have if he's in practice The goalie would tell him, keep it down from there because you're in too tight. You know, I don't want you hurting me from that spot. And he passed those up. If you've got a shot like Evan Bouchard, you pass up zero shots, never. You shoot every chance you can. There's a couple times tonight he should have put the puck on net.
2: Okay, so the Sabres take it 4-2 tonight. They're 2-1. The Oilers are 1-2. We're happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid. We are live in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford,
0: Overtime Open Line. Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. On the
1: right, the middle stab looks to the net instead, to the corner, all the way across to Thompson, to Dolly. and the one-timer saved by Skinner, cleared out by Newton Hopkins. Okay, that is
2: Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner stops 20. But Eric Comrie stops 46 most saves he's ever made in an NHL game. He had 42 in April in a loss to Carolina, and Buffalo beats Edmonton 4-2. Let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room, Captain Connor McDavid.
5: You, uh, threw quite a bit out of him in the third period there. Conners. It's uh,
9: just a pretty good goaltending performance. Yes, Connor played ball. You know, we definitely threw every, everything we had at him. Uh, kind of in the first and third there, um, and he was It Seemed
5: there was, uh, you know, some mistakes on your guys' end too. They're rearing up again, whether it's protecting the puck or turnovers, that sort of thing.
9: Uh, yeah, you know, I thought we gifted them. Uh, we gifted on maybe two goals there. Um, you know, the kid makes a heck of a play on the one, and the other one's just a straight gift. So, um, you know, we knew they had. Uh, they had talent, and they were going to hurt you if uh, we did stuff like that, and um, you know, they certainly did that, but I liked our first, and I, th- I liked our third, um, I thought we did some things to build on uh, in that third period.
5: Yeah, Woody said the other day that you're still waiting to find your game. The team is. Uh, did you take a step forward? Where do you think you are in that race to
9: find the game? Uh, you know we don't like losing, obviously. So um, that's not uh, that's not uh, any good. But uh, we're certainly still trying to find our game. I thought thought we did things better tonight. Um, you know, I thought we played a little faster. Um, you know we uh, controlled the pace of play. I thought uh, you know there were some good things to build off of. Um, with that being said, we need to uh, need to get results. That's uh, that's what this league's about. Okay.
6: Connor, it's
1: only been three games, mm-hmm. but you are one and two as, as mm-hmm. a team. Oh soon is it to or you know what's the level of concern I guess
2: is a better way to phrase
9: it given that it, it is it, it is only three, game, or three games rather it's three games um, you know I know that uh, there's gonna be lots made of those three games and you know certain, certainly we don't want to be sitting one and two and um, you know, with that being said I don't think there's any need to panic um, you know this group knows how important starts are not only the games but to the season and um, you know we haven't had our best for the first three but um, you know, I would expect our best uh, coming here,
5: Connor. It's a fine line between you know you playing well and then finishing it off. Right now, you guys as a team five-on-five forward group, just seems a little snake bait. And you create a lot of chances. How do you, I don't know if you've seen that before or not, but what do you do to go from creating the chances to finally having to finish those chances?
9: Well, it's just everyone bearing down a little bit. You know, I liked uh, liked a lot of our looks around the net. Um, just a little bit of polish is needed, you know. Myself just missing a few passes or maybe not taking the the shot or something like that. So um, it starts with me and kind of works its way down. And I think we can all be a little bit better around the net.
2: Okay, that is Connor McDavid after the Edmonton Oilers fall 4-2 to the Buffalo Sabres. McDavid, several chances himself tonight, about 4:40 left in the 30. He was stopped from in front, pushed the rebound just wide. Oilers lose it 4-2. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we will activate the Japanese Village goal light on 630chett.com. That will allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Okay. We're also going to hear from Darnell Nurse, and if you're on hold, stay there. We will get you after the news and weather at 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 chat.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair Middlestad centering it in the Oilers zone, taken away by Fogle.
1: Fogel had three hits for the Oilers in the first period. At center ice getting drilled was Holloway. Holloway got absolutely hammered by Labushkin at center ice. That is our crunch of the game for Cougar
2: Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family. Big hit on Dylan Holloway. Did not return after that hit, which came in the second period. And uh, no update on Holloway after the game from head coach Jay Woodcroft that happened 220 into the second period hopefully Holloway is okay absolutely huge hit Rob Brown as the Sabres win at 4-2 so when you're hit like that and I am, su- <laughs> I am suggesting you were
3: oh have. I, ha- hit I like was that. yeah
2: so what? what's the first thing that goes through your mind because you clearly didn't <laughs> he clearly didn't see that coming
3: well usually the other player's shoulder or elbow right. is going through my mind um, <laughs> uh, you're, you're stunned um, sometimes you get cobwebs and uh, you're out uh, you try to stand up and then you fall two or three times. It didn't look l- like he was out, but he's stunned. First thing I always did was you start licking your your teeth to see if all your teeth are still there. Uh, then you start trying to focus. Uh, you're you're usually out of breath because it just knocks all the wind out of you. And as you're going to the to the to the bench, you're just hopeful that you make it to the bench, without falling down. Uh, I'm sure that uh, he probably was a little dopey going to the bench, but probably most of it was precautionary. It, w- it was a big hit. I'm sh- I'm sure the NHL spotters would have pulled him for the 15 minutes anyways, because it did look like some shoulder got to his jaw, so he would have been pulled because of that. But you just want to be, be careful. This is a young kid that just got stunned on the ice. You don't want it to be something that lingers. So good on them, keeping him out. Hopefully that's all it is and you get to see him very soon. But it's certainly a learning experience that you got to make sure you know where everyone is on the ice. And it's like we talked at the beginning of the game how the Buffalo Sabres will be talking about Nima Niemalainen. Well, was it Lubinishkin, Is that how you say his Lushkin, name? Yeah. That's the second big hit he threw in the game. So that's a guy that when he's on the ice, you need to know because he can do what he did to Holloway.
2: All right. Also tonight, the Flames are 3-0. and They beat the Golden Knights 3-2. Kings over the Predators 4-3 in a shootout. Islanders knock off the Sharks 5-2. Maybe this is the year for the Islanders. I didn't pick them this year. (laughs) Flyers beat the Lightning 3-2. Phillies 3-0. The Canucks once again let a multi-goal lead slip away. That is
3: unbelievable.
2: And they lose an overtime 4-3 to the Blue Jackets. Canucks are 0-3-1. Senators outscore the Bruins 7-5. And the Devils beat the Ducks 4-2 on the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer looking for parts, service, rentals or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com.
3: Yeah, it's uh, the Vancouver Canucks. That is uh, shocking. To And, you, you know, you lose a, lead, a big lead in the first game and then you do in the second game. Now you're thinking, okay, next time we get a big league, we're shutting it down. Uh, now, after four times losing a big lead, uh, there's going to be some confident issues. And uh, every team that plays them, well, you know what? If we're down, well, don't worry. These guys are going to gonna falter. They're going to choke. Just keep pressuring them. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks had high aspirations for this season. That's not the start they wanted to the year.
2: Baseball playoffs, game one of the NLCS. Phillies over the Padres, 2-0. And in the afternoon, game five of the remaining American League Division Series, Yankees advance, beating the Guardians 5-1. So Yankees and Houston tomorrow, game one and game two in the afternoon between the Padres and the Phillies. Oilers lose four two to the Sabers. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. No, don't freak out, Rob. This is the person's first name that is called in. (laughs) Keenan is on the line. Keenan, you're on with Rob. Please don't yell at me like
3: Mike used to. Oh, don't worry, I
1: won't. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going tonight, boys?
2: Good. What's on your mind?
1: Well, so I was just wondering, like officiating. I mean, okay, I hate to be the one to complain about it as a former official myself. But, I mean, where does it say in the rule book to put the whistle away in the third period? I mean, both both sides hook. Oh. Keenan, do we still have you? I mean, yeah, I get letting them play, but in a tight game like that, both can easily swing the momentum. And quite frankly, it's games in the season I've noticed a big drastic drop since last year if you get what I'm saying you think the you think the officiating is worse than it was last year yeah last year like even I know it's I know it's early and I know it can't but I mean since, or since last year I mean there's missed calls and then there's weak calls like I don't know if there's calling more penalties and then they're not calling penalties at all it's like a roller coaster of officiating out there <laughs>
2: Well, thanks for the call, Keenan. We're happy to talk about it. Um, We we talked about it a lot at times last year. Uh, The Oilers are not one and two, in my mind, because of the officiating. Nope. Um, And I I think Keenan referenced that. There probably could have been more penalty calls both ways. We'll spend a little bit of time on this. First of all, there's a difference between a bad rule and bad enforcement. Sometimes the referees are, are calling the rule book mm-hmm. and then and you look up the rule book like yep That's what they're being told to do and ultimately the rule book is determined by the competition committee Which is generally players and coaches and GMs and former people, you know, you know, what I'm saying the referees aren't deciding the referees on, aren't yeah. just, I mean they might have input but um, Now do, did I think this game was poorly officiated? I actually didn't maybe i'm in the minority I, uh, I
3: thought i thought it was fine tonight i didn't i there was nothing there, in the third always, period where there, i said yeah there's
2: always something yeah. one way or the other uh that, that could have been called for sure um i, I just always now me personally if if if, if a referee if, if it's 50 50 i don't think it should be called i agree and i'm I, i'm that way in the regular season and in the postseason mm-hmm.
3: um I I think that sorry go ahead no well I was gonna say uh, just on piggyback on what you said to me it's if it takes away a a goal scoring chance or if it's something that is could cause injury those automatically are called everything else I agree it's 50 50 and, and I like the what they have in soccer it's like all right it's a little tug but the guy's still going with control of the puck yeah let play on so uh, tonight, there was nothing. There's games where you're like, oh my, I can't believe they missed those two calls in the third period. I don't remember plays like that, that tonight. Partially because the Edmonton Oilers controlled the play the entire third period, and we're getting multiple whacks at every every opportunity they had out there. So I don't, I don't remember a play in the third period where they got to make that call. Yeah. I just don't. And the only call that they made in the third period. It was hard not to when Darnell nurse slashed the stick of the saber it broke the stick in half that's when you have no choice as a referee you have to call and, and understandably
2: well that's what we talk about a lot though because sometimes there's a very mild slash that breaks the stick and it gets called so i mean uh, but I, I understand that, that they nurses just, they, wasn't they that just wasn't say, mild tonight no i know no, yes. i i i know yeah it's uh, uh yeah, I appreciate the call from Keenan. I, I, I'll i say to you, Keenan, I'm not mad at you. I wasn't surprised. I am a bit surprised we got a referee call tonight. Uh, I mean, the power plays were 0 for 3, Edmonton 1 for 4, Buffalo. Uh, I, I, again, I, I, I don't expect the referees to be perfect. Nope. When there are egregious calls missed, yes, I'm upset.
9: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: just as a viewer of the game, whether it's an Oilers game or not. I would like to see, and we discussed this a lot last year. I would like to see cross checks more strictly enforced. Yes. Uh, Kelly Rudy's on my talk show once a week. He said, "No, it's it's fine. You should be worried about something else." So, well, th- depends, that, that's the thing. Depends I, I, where the cross checks are. I, right. Fair enough. But but that's that's the problem. And we did this last year. I think the Oilers beat Boston, and and we said, okay, if you had, you know, uh, if you were doing a, a talk to the officials, what would you tell them? And I, it was one of the most calls we've ever had. We, I think we even extended the length of the show. Um, but that's part of the problem, and it does make me officiate even more. Like, in this role, we get to talk to a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. And even from the calls we get, sometimes people can't agree on what's a penalty or what isn't or True. how strictly things should be enforced. So well, <laughs> the people who have been selected to do it don't have an easy job most of No,
3: times. you're right. And if we were, if there was a Buffalo Sabre talk show going on right now, I'm sure that they'd have fans that didn't like the refing either. Uh, you sometimes people watch game well people always watch games with their heart and they'll see what the other team does that's wrong and they'll overlook the the things that their team does that's wrong and that's part of being a fan but tonight there have been games that were poorly officiated and there will be games as we go forward that will be poorly officiated i don't believe tonight was one of those
2: uh this is quite a handle if i got this right somebody going by old news is on the line old news go ahead (laughs) go ahead yeah hey how's it going fellas good i was hoping it was going to be bob layton (laughs) old news it's not news it's it's views it actually just uh oh i'm sorry i'm
7: I'm hard of hearing yeah yeah no it it might have been not come across properly but uh, uh it was a long time ago that i I once was a, a, a player with uh, in 1997 against Mr. Mr. Brown there, and he probably doesn't remember. you. I was with the Long Beach Ice Dogs, but that was a long time ago. We had a lot I of do. fun back then. Oh, we
3: used to love yeah. going to Long Beach to play. That was always a, a fun night. You'd want to win the game so that you could stay out all night long. And actually, <laughs> if, we lost, if we lost the game, we stayed out all night long too.
7: <laughs> yeah. It, it was a thing. Uh, we usually all ended up together somewhere. the true. But anyways, <laughs> I've uh, I just, you know, coming back from the game, I'm just watching and, and, and just wondering what you guys think about physical play and the lack of it on behalf of uh, the Oilers. I felt like tonight, just watching, you watch a guy make a hit, and this used to be an old cliche, I think, in the old days. We used to say, you know, you hit a guy and usually results in a turnover. Well, it seemed to happen but it only happened about four or five times and it just didn't seem to be much of that in the way of guys physically making someone think about it before they make a move or try to make that perfect play i just wonder what you guys think about that and if there should be more of that on behalf of the oilers especially on the back end
3: well if, yes 100 yes, uh, yes we we've talked about that last game that the oilers were not hard to play against in their own zone in the first two games uh, that the opposition, the Flames and the Canucks, were getting multiple chances in front of the, the Oilers' net because the players weren't being physical. I think part of the reason that Niemalainen was put in the lineup tonight was uh, a message by the coaching staff saying, all right, we need a little bit more dirt in our back our back end. We need a guy that's going to be physical because the Oilers aren't like that. Um, I, I think up front, the Oilers... Uh, do use physicality i think that you'll see mcdavid you'll see dry kane uh, hyman they do play physical and they will separate the opposition players from the puck but the back end it's just outside of darnell nurse and nema lining but he's not he's in playing. but he's not in and it's only been one of the three games outside of darnell nurse they're not a physical bunch and if there's an achilles heel on a team that's quite good uh it would be that that's the others aren't physical on the back end it's something that's uh, woodcroft has addressed and it's something i'm sure that he talked about and you saw there was a a scrum in front of the net where bouchard was throwing f- rights and lefts and i think he was one of the players that probably heard the the whispers that their back end needs to stand up a little bit more
2: yeah uh the so again the nhl stat sheet they have their own rules for hits. I, I know some people might track their own or whatever the oilers were credited with 28 hits to just 16 for buffalo U- usually the, usually the hits leader for the Oilers is either Kane or, or Nurse. And Kane was credited with seven hits tonight. And uh, Nurse was credited. Sorry. got to make sure i got the right column here. Oh, Nurse was only credited with one hit. So Bouchard with one, CeCe with two, Barry with zero, Nurse with one, Kulak with one, Murray with zero,
3: and Nima Leinen. With three so again, you take line and well Nema Line almost had as many hits as the rest of the defense yeah. combined, so I mean it 's a good point by what was it old Brew Is that what he was going by old booze uh, something along those lines. I pretty sh- should have got what his what his name was yeah, he remembers you he, well, he probably ran me over once or twice, and that 's what he was talking about physicality from knocking me over, but yeah, so the others on their back end they 're not now. We could also throw out the fact that. A lot of the game was spent in the offensive zone and the oilers defense especially in the third period did not have Didn't to have throw to a hit, hit yeah. but yeah no the oilers defense isn't a, uh, a physical bunch and that's something that they're probably going to address as the season goes on something they're going to talk to their players about
2: yeah no i think that's a that's a really good point and that'll be our quick change tonight for jiffy lube keeping you moving to and from the game visit your local jiffy lube today will at some point the the, the makeup of the defense change you know as we go through the season and we see how the division pans out and and what some of their needs might be but yeah and we talked about that the last couple games too about um you know players are human beings they have personalities Mm -hmm. they have strengths that have got them to pro hockey i mean if you're playing in the NHL, you're you're tough and you're you're physical but then now it's the best of the best so now there's even separation within within that group I, i think that um you know, Dreissel and McDavid have learned the law of the jungle a little bit, yep. as they've got, they've gotten more of the league and taken abuse, and they
3: they give as much you know, as they get.
2: You saw the playoffs; they yep. they rose to the occasion yep. last year. I mean, they weren't uh, angels. No, God, they're no. highly skilled, but they weren't angels to play against. So, you know, is that are you going to see more of that out of a Bouchard as he gets older and gets into some or, or whoever? You know, you want to talk about it on the back end? I guess we'll see. I mean, Nieminen had to, had to learn that
3: through. Junior and minor pro, a little bit. Well, he, but it's in his nature. You don't become a, a physical force like Dima Line unless it's in you. Um, I mean, a great example is Duncan Keith. Not a big man, but he had nasty in him. Right. And that's just that's the kind of player he was. And what happens when you've got some nasty in you as a smaller player? it creates room on the ice for you because guys are a little, okay, don't find, am I going to go down his, I'm going to get two-handed, or I'm going to get cross-checked. So there is, uh, it does create uh, a little bit of antsiness of the player coming against you. So that's something you want to be, you want to s- certainly show a little bit of aggression at times, but some players have it in them and, and some players don't. And the Oilers have got a, a bunch of players that move the puck well, skate well, but when it comes to uh, laying the lumber on guys or, or going through them on the back end. Uh, Nurse is the guy that does it. And if he's, if he's not doing it, then it's uh, a very non hitter in the back end. Yeah.
2: Well, Kane looks for it. I mean, oh, he, that scrum yes. yeah. in the first period, Nurse and Skinner were tied up. And I don't know if you saw in the—I didn't notice it at first, but I saw it on the replay. Kane went and stood behind Skinner and just started cross-checking him in the rips. Yep. Oh, okay. And, and, and some players—and and, I mean—I think even in the NHL, some players might think, "Well, I can't get a penalty," but some players think, "I'm just going to dare the ref to call and give yeah. me a penalty."
3: Well, there was another one where McDavid got smacked pretty good in the end. It would have been in the third period, and there was a little kerfuffle, and Kane came in, and I think he hit all all five guys on the Buffalo Sabers at some point in the little scrum he went around just drilling guys uh he's got it that's his nature and uh there's guys that you would be fearful of on the opposition teams because it's like that guy's got a screw loose over there and if i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna engage because i'm not exactly sure what he might do right so kane's got a reputation and yeah there will be times when the referee will make the call but i think for the amount of punishment that he hands out over the course of a season, it's a pretty good rate of what he gets away with, compared to how many penalties he has to serve.
2: Okay, the Oilers with a ton of shots tonight, 48 for the game, 23 of those in the third period, but they lose 4-2 to the Sabres. You'll hear from Darnell Nurse when we get back to Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair.
1: Skating out the middle, Nurse on the right wing to dry sidle. In over the line, in front, to Nurse!
2: All right, that was uh, as close as the Oilers got tonight. They wound up losing 4-2 to the Buffalo Sabers. Down to the dressing room. Here's Nurse. Uh,
5: maybe taking care of the puck a little bit. An issue tonight,
8: just some turnovers and stuff that, that bit you. Uh, we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, um, and uh, you know, Skins made some huge saves for us in big moments, and we weren't able to uh, help them out. We hung him out to the dry a couple times there, so um, it's on us. We got to be better, um, and we know that. The, the, you made mention of it this morning that it's a, it's a very small sample
7: size and you don't overreact to a small sample size, but it's also a fine line between having to
8: fix these things before it becomes a larger sample size. Where are you at kind of in that process? I mean, anytime you lose, there's no satisfaction in this room, there's no uh, moral victory. So, um, yeah, we're not happy with uh, being one and two here to, to start the year. And uh, we can say all we want, we got to come out and show it on the ice. Jay said your
5: team was looking for their game a little bit. Did you feel you took a step. What I guess, what areas did you like, and
8: what areas you feel you still need to improve on? Uh, you know, we made a lot of uh, mention of our start to the game. I our start to the game tonight was was better than uh, the first two. Um, Place that so we gave them, we gave them a f- couple opportunities. Um, that uh, I think we want to take back. And for me, I want to take back that that first one, and the second. So um, there's uh, areas of our game got better. But with that said, we're one and two, and we're we're hungry to. No, win games. You're
5: chasing quite a bit this season. You've been playing from behind. Is it hard to find that game when you're down a couple of goals and and chase it hard?
8: Yeah, you got to, uh, you know, when when you're chasing your game, it's hard to settle into your system because you got to force a little bit in in areas that, uh, you you know, you normally wouldn't if you're playing in an even game or you're up one. So um, we got to take that out of our game. And for us to take that out of our game, we got to put ourselves in better positions.
2: All right, that is Darnell Nurse. Eric Comrie, the story tonight for the Buffalo Sabres. 46 saves. As Bob Stoffer said, he was indeed a brick wall as the Sabres upend the Oilers 4-2 tonight. Stoff has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Our next game broadcast is Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 7. Oilers will host the Carolina Hurricanes. Get more on this game, more on the team, 630 global globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game-day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630 Chet. Oilers hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. We've been live in studio 99. I'm Adam, Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.